I thank you for the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And no matter what's going on in this world, we'll sing praises to your holy name. Because you're the holy God. Come on, one more time with your voices. Sing it to him now. Come on. To your name. Oh, Lord, praises to your name. wisdom and counsel from that great teacher the Holy Spirit today that you would anoint the word of the Lord it's already anointed but you would anoint our ears to hear what you are saying to us and I give you all the glory father for what you're going to do today so father from the back of this room to the front from the right to the left from the top to the bottom let this room become wall-to-wall -wall, Holy Spirit everyone believe that say amen you may be seated one of the greatest days that God has given the church is the opportunity of the open heaven and open doors of the church a few years ago the enemy used a virus from another country to shut down one of the most essential portions of American people's lives and that was coming to worship at the house of God. I do not remember during the COVID that they closed one bar. I do not remember that uh, even Walmart was closed. But the enemy chose to try to lock people down from worshiping the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. So my message was prompted this morning because during the time of COVID, many people lost out with God, actually with the, I mean, God didn't depart from them, but they, they lost out the blessing of being in the presence of God. And as I spoke uh, in the first of the year, young people in America today had to stare into computers, look into their iPhones. They were terrified of what was going on. They didn't know what was going to happen. One person would see someone one day, the next day said, what's that person? Have not seen them in a few days, a few weeks. Well, they died. They went to the hospital. They had a fever and all of a sudden they died. I mean, they, they were, we're talking about 35-year-old people. They put them on a ventilator and they died. Things began to happen and people's victory began to be questioned do I have the victory Jesus said and the word of God is the victory that overcomes the world and Psalm 91 said no plague will come near your dwelling 
And God's going to rescue the people that do not have victory and give them victory. When we walked into the Fairfax High School where Gail and Marcy graduated from that high school, there were a big billboard as I went in to speak to about 275 students in a drug awareness assembly, not to preach. They don't let you preach there, but, but I gave an assembly. There were boards that said people were crying for help. It said, help me, help me, help me. And I looked at that and it stunned me. The honesty of what the kids were putting in the foyer of the auditorium where they have the assemblies and where they have their productions and their plays. So I walked in, I kept reading that. Matter of fact, we took a picture of it, of that. Of that. Matter of fact, um, while we're speaking, if, if, uh, if you still have it on the drive, Brother Edwin, uh, you can do the Fairfax little video that we did, just a, that you did on video. If you can do that, that's fine. If not, but I just wanted to tell you, when I got up to speak, those kids were like steel. They were like sponges pulling away. And a couple of times I looked here to the left side of the auditorium and I scanned the auditorium and I saw people wiping their eyes in Kleenex tissues and I saw the table that we had several hundred books. And there's, there's a picture of the auditorium there, of that high school. And those kids were listening intently. And I don't know if you have a, a, a photo of the kids as they came and gathered to come pick up the books. They were, they were, they were, they were like, they were rushing to the table, taking books, and then coming back and saying, can I take one from my mother? Can I take one from my father? Can I take one from my brother, my sister? But people are looking for victory no matter where they are. America is in desperate need of a revival that will shake America, that will shake us, and put the fear of God from us not coming to honor God in his house. Amen? So it's a great day that's coming. There's going to be another great day that's coming. Equally as the day that when he came and died on the cross on the day of his birth that we celebrate on Christmas. But there's a brighter day coming. And the Bible talks about that brighter day in 1 Thessalonians. It said, for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. And we who are alive and remain will be caught up. Would you say with me? Say, caught up. You know, I've told people, someday I'm going to have the nerve to invite the whole church on a Sunday morning to go leave the church and go out in the parking lot and have what we call rapture drills. <laughs> Schools have fire drills. We need to have rapture drills. We need to prepare ourselves that one day the Bible said... We're going to be, if I say, caught up. Get out there and start practicing. And then who knows, while you're doing the practice rapture drills, he's liable to catch you up and take you. Amen. That may be the day that's coming. But in order for us to be ready to go, we're going to have to break association with evil, with evil conversations, with evil friendships, and say, hey, man, I love you. You can be my friend. But if you stay stupid, we can't be friends. Amen.
How many know that ignorance is a very deadly thing that is killing people? So I want to tell you about victory. A few things about victory. Number one, victory begins with a vision. Victory begins with a vision. When Jesus saw himself going to the cross, he knew that they would crucify him. He knew they would kill him. But he knew that he would come back again because the Father had promised to bring him back. Somebody say amen. The ability to jump into a winner's circle after a game is important. People, those people who possess a vision before the prize is won are the people that are going to win. We're going to win this thing. Amen. I said, we're going to win this thing. During times of discouragement, you have to say, God, you're a big God. You're a God of miracles. You're a God of life. You're a God of power. We have to pursue the dream. While people can criticize you, you have to continue to strive. You have to push aside the problem and point to the potential that you have. Because God has put a lot of potential in you. Amen? Everyone that's in here, you look at the person next to you, no matter how nice they look, no matter how young they look, no matter how senior they look, nobody is like you. Amen? Do this right now. Take, look, take your thumb and look at it right now. Did you know that in the multiplicities of millions of people on planet Earth, there's only one thumb just like that thumb? There's only one thumbprint and it's yours. There's only one person like you that can fill the job description, the portfolio that God has called you to be. And you have the victory because Jesus went to the cross and the Bible said in Colossians, he openly spoiled principalities and powers and made a show of the devil. Amen. Basically, you want to talk about how to say in Arkansas, he beat the stuffings out of the devil. And he says, you're no longer going to conquer these people. Push aside the problems. Have victory in your life. Why? Because you've already won the victory in your mind when you saw what Jesus did. Number two, the next key to victory is we have to be willing to take instruction. Say instruction. Instruction is very, very important. Even the airports scare you. You know, you ever notice that when the plane leaves... What they use when the plane leaves the terminal. Terminal. Whoa, that's a nasty word right there. It's terminal. But my friend, when you are flying and you're flying with Jesus, if the plane goes down, you're going up. Somebody say amen. The first key to victory is instruction. Any achievement must be preceded by careful planning and instruction. And 2 Timothy 2.15 tells us what God's instruction for the believer is that you that are watching. There's an instruction for you. It says, be diligent, work yourself. God wants you to be a worker that does not need to be ashamed who is rightly dividing the truth. In other words, what he's saying is study to show yourself approved unto God. 
a workman that does not need to be ashamed, who is rightly dividing the word of truth. In other words, God's given you the victory. We must possess the knowledge of the tools that are at your disposal to be a success. Somebody say amen. amen. Everybody say with me, say winners, winners. always win. Always say quitters, quitters. never win. You can't, you, can't, you, can't, you can't be a quitter. I said, you can't be a quitter. Number three, there is no success. Listen to me closely. There is no success without proper conditioning. You have to condition your mind to say who you are. Amen. He said in Joshua, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate upon it both day and night. Then you'll make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. The winner is the one who can work harder for longer periods of time without quitting. Many times, the only difference, the only difference between the first, second place is the stenoma and the determination that you put into a project. How many's ever gotten tired? How many's ever got this surge, ladies? Called the lady one day on the phone and said, oh, honey. She says, i got to talk to you. I want you to listen to me, told her girlfriend on the phone. Oh, I'm so tired. I'm so tired. What, what is it? said, you're not going to believe this. I saw an advertisement on television. All those dresses at that place we go shopping just went on sale, 60% off. She said, I'll meet you at the mall in 15 minutes. <laughs> she received a surge of energy. Because there's something that you want. How many won victory in your life? My friend, it would be interesting to know how many people stopped short of their goal because they were weary and while resting became satisfied with their position. That's what happened a few years ago in COVID. They got accustomed to put the laptop in front of them and watch the church program on it. They didn't have to drive. They didn't even have to give offerings unless they got under conviction. And that sometimes it's hard to get under conviction when the enemy has given you the path of least resistance. How many know that Jesus never took the path of least resistance? When Jesus went to the cross, he went by the Via Della Rosa and they beat him and they mocked him. And they called him names. You know what Jesus did? Did he retaliate? No, Jesus looked up to the Father. And he asked the Father a question. He said, Father, Father, why have you forsaken me? And Jesus said, God, God said, my son, you must go. But on the third day, I'm going to raise you up. And Jesus rose on the third day. Say, Jesus rose on the third day. The fourth thing here, victory can only, victory can be realized only when you put a target on it. What do you mean by target? The thrill, my brother and sister, a victory comes when he puts an object that I'm going after. Say, I have to have a target. Say, I have to have a target. And no target, say with me, no target 
no thrill. Say no target, no thrill. Say no expectations, no acceleration. Amen? You have to have an expectation. Remember the man in the book of Acts? And he's walking down the day of Pentecost has just taken place. Simon, Peter, and John in Acts chapter 3, verse number 3. In Acts chapter 3, verse number 3, Peter and John were leaving, were going to the, to the uh, walking down the gates. And all of a sudden, the Pentecost has taken place. And there was a man begging at the gate called Beautiful, asking alms of people that would walk by. And they were saying, give me some silver, give me some gold. Peter and John leaving the upper room, their flesh was still tingling, exhilarating with the baptism of the mighty Holy Ghost and power. They'd just been baptized, given a brand new language to speak in. The Bible said cloven tongues of fire set upon each of them in Acts chapter 3 and verse number 3. And the Holy Ghost descended upon them and baptized 120 in the Holy Ghost. Amen. And they were full of the power of the Holy Ghost. Somebody say amen. And the power of God hit every single one of them. And then all of a sudden, they took the message out of the upper room and took it into the streets. And all of a sudden, the power of, the, of going forward came upon them and they no longer feared the failure of what they could do. How many understand what I'm saying to you? They began to preach. If we don't know where we're going, how do we know when we have arrived? Amen? How do we know when we have arrived? What's a football field without a goal line? Come on. What's a football field without a goal line? What's a basketball game without a rim? And a baseball field without a home plate? Amen. We have a home plate. Ricky Bunting, we're on our way to cross the finish line. Paul said, I fought a good fight. I've kept the faith. I stayed away from those people that were dragging me down. Somebody in this building, are you listening to what I'm saying? Next, victory. Watch this. Can be secured only with the help of others. Look at your neighbor say, we need each other. Look at your neighbor say, you're not better than me. Come on, Tonka, you're not better than me. Say, you're different. Matter of fact, the more I look at you every day, you're real different. But you're not better than me. Say, nobody is better than me. Matter of fact, look at them right now. Say, if you only knew, say this to them, if you only knew who you were sitting next to this morning, you take me out and buy my lunch after church. And then look at, the, look at the other person say, if you only knew who you were sitting next to, you'd run right now. <laughs> it's important that you know the difference of who you are and who God made you to be. God made me to be a child of the Most High God. Victory can only be secured by the help of others. Somebody say amen. It was others who call their friends to pick up their neighbors. It's children who are telling mom and dad, come to church with me. It's mom and dad and, and grandmothers and grandfathers begging their children to come to church with them. My friend, victory 
doesn't say, look what I did, but look what we did. Amen? We're all going to do this together. Amen? I says, we're all going to do this together. Look at what we did. No, it's not my strength. It's the strength of God that he gives me to be who I am supposed to be. But our, it's not our plan that works. It's God's plan implemented by the hands of God through the people of God. Say amen if you believe that. You know, people can get, people, how many know that fear hits everybody? How many ever been scared? Let me see your hand. I remember the story of the little lady that... Uh, Four little senior citizen ladies in their mid-70s and early 80s were, were driving on Interstate, uh, Interstate 35, taking a road trip. And, um, and they had just got off of Interstate 95. And coming in and, and on 35, they were, they were driving down the road uh, on Interstate 35. And... All of a sudden, a highway patrolman saw how slow they were driving, and he pulled them over. And this uh, senior grandmother was driving, and there was another senior grandmother on her right, and two of them sitting in the back. And said, she said, well, officer, what's wrong? Why did you pull me over? I said, well, you're, you're driving 35 miles an hour. She, she said, well, that's what the sign says. The grandmother told the police, the officer, says, no, ma'am, I'm sorry. It's Interstate 35. It's 65 speed limit. Oh, I am so sorry. And then he looked at the other ladies and they were literally terrified. He said, hey, can I ask you, how come these ladies look like so terrified? He said, oh, we just got off of Highway 95. <laughs> Sometimes fear can literally distract you and cause you to fail to hit the mark of the prize of the high calling. Say amen if you believe that. Now, one more thing about victory. Actually, two more things. Each person must fulfill, if you're going to have victory, his or her responsibility. What do you mean by that? That's why we had that meeting at the Mugs and Muffin the other day. Every person is important. Say, every person is important. You are important. Failure occurs when a person feels as if she does not work, or she cannot work, or he cannot work. Failure occurs when a person feels that way. It doesn't matter what a group thinks. God gives various gifts to various people to have various results that somebody else can't get. Somebody say amen. And those abilities, God gives you because he needs your ability in a time when you're having a difficult time. The church of Jesus Christ has to continue to ignite and to encourage people that have been sitting in the same church for years that whenever a stranger or a visitor comes in, the first thing, jump up and say, hey, how are you doing? Amen. How are you doing? What's going on? Where are you from? Amen? Do not be afraid. Don't be afraid to witness. Amen? I heard a story about a, about a, 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 a pastor that brought in uh, a very strong evangelist to teach people how to witness 
in every form of life that they worked, in every facet of life. And he was, and he was teaching the people, you know, that you're supposed to witness wherever you are. If you're a lawyer witness, if you're a doctor witness, if you're a dentist witness, if you're a grocery man, if you're a postmaster witness, if you're a barber witness. And so this barber got under conviction, Brother Tom, and he was, and he was cutting some man's hair after he heard that challenging message from the teacher that they brought in to be a witness. And so uh, the, the, he said that morning when he went to the barber shop to open up, he said, my first customer, when they come in, my first customer, I'm going to tell them about Jesus. I'm going to witness about Jesus. And you know what? That first customer came in and the guy chickened out, the barber, he, and he felt so bad. And he, because he didn't say nothing to the, the, the first customer about Jesus. And all of a sudden, he waited, and then the next customer came in, and he said, I'm going to tell him, but I don't care what. But he forgot all the lines that the teacher told him how to start the problem. And he didn't know what to do, but he wanted to get the message to be able to get their attention to witness about Jesus. So for the longest time, he just waiting, and the guy sat in the chair and said, what can I do for you? He said, sir, I want to shave. And so the guy said, okay. And then he went back, got that, got that blade ready to do that in the old-fashioned shave. And all of a sudden, he said, Lord, what should I do to, to start witnessing to him? He didn't know what to do, so he went over there and said, Lord, I'm going to do this no matter. And he took, looked at the man, he says, took the blade, he says, are you ready to die? <laughs> I mean, no, he got his attention See, there are, there's a way. Say, there's a way, there's a way to do something. Amen? There's a way to do something. You can talk yourself up to be some Superman, but there's only one Clark Kent. Amen? Look at your neighbor. There's only one Clark Kent. He said, and that ain't you. <laughs> Amen? I, my, one of my, uh, my most favorite stories is the story of Muhammad Ali when he was alive, he was on a, on a jet plane fighting, uh, flying overseas to go to a fight. And when he walked in, in the first class section, everybody in first class was shaking his hand. Hey, champ, how you doing? Muhammad Ali, you know. And he was, you know, Muhammad Cassius Clay. He was always, he, he was just as, he had just as a, had a big fist, but he also had a big mouth too. And he just always talk about it. And, then, and finally, he's walking around telling people and the stewardess said to him, Mr. Ali, would you please sit down? The plane is about to take off. Sit down and fasten your seatbelt. And Muhammad Ali looked at the stewardess. He says, Superman don't need no seatbelt. You know what she told him? Superman don't need no airplane. <laughs> you and I are going to have to have victory. I said, you and I are going to have to have victory no matter what. And that's the bottom line, my friend. Each person must fulfill his or her responsibility because if you don't use your gift, failure will occur. And the last and most important key to victory is you. Say, it's me. I say, I have to have my own victory. I can ride on the coattail of my pastor, my wife, my husband, my friend. I have to have my own victory. Somebody say amen. Only you have the power, the sacrifice and energy, and the time that you will supply to become the winner that God wants you to be. Sometimes a person 
filled with so much self-pity. Listen to me very closely. I'm talking to somebody watching me. Sometimes a person is so much filled with self-pity, it will begin to murmur about life, and they, it leaves them with no options to crawl out of that murmuring situation. One thing worse than not having the option to give yourself an opportunity to pull out of the grave and the casket and the coffin of murmuring, you're going to have to take advantage of every single person in your life that can help you reach and determine to seize the opportunity of the moment to say, I am not going to have defeat. I'm going to have victory. Amen. Say, I'm going to have victory, victory which will only result in me being say amen with me what was the last point this is most important the last point of victory is say the last point in victory is say you say me oh say you just think of the platters only you somebody amen just think of the platters say only you and then they go oh. You can turn the world, only you. Yes, it's you, amen? It's you, it's me. The old spiritual Negro song, it's me, it's me, it's me, oh Lord. Standing in the need of prayer. Not my mama, not my papa, but it's me, oh Lord. Remember that song? Standing in the need of prayer. I don't know about you, my friend. But I need victory every day. Amen. Every day. Every day that comes along, I need victory every single day. I can't survive on the victory that I had yesterday. Amen. I got to get some new victory. Amen. Right. Say, I've got to get some new victory. Amen. Amen. God is going to give, say, God is going to give me a new face look, a new makeup. Say, a makeover. When you see me next week. I'm going to be bad. Big time bad. <laughs> Say, God's going to do something for me. I'm going to have a makeup. And my makeup's going to frighten and chase away every devil that's been trying to attack me. Amen. And the victory is mine. The Lord promised to give me the victory. Amen. You may never have been a drug addict a gang leader you may never stabbed anybody done some of the things that I did in my book that I talk about you may never done none of those things that I've ever did but I want you to know this the Bible that I read every day tells me that everyone that comes to Jesus has got to come the same way that I did under the same cleansing fountain of the blood of Jesus Christ and that's what gives us victory over sin the blood of Jesus Accepting him as our personal savior. Bow your heads for just a moment in the auditorium. If you're within the sound of my voice, say, Pastor Torres, Mr. Torres, I really need to make peace with God. I'm really not sure. I mean, I, I feel good about myself and and I do love the Lord, but to love the Lord and to serve the Lord is two different things. And I'm not really sure that if the Lord were to come back, like you spoke about earlier, that I'd be ready to meet him. If you're not sure that 
all is well between you and God, that he has forgiven you of all of your sins, that he has cleansed you from all unrighteousness, and that your name is in the Lamb's book of life. Would you hold your hand up and put it back down and say, pray for me, Pastor. I need to make peace with God. Anybody here? Just raise your hand up. Yes, God bless you, young man. Anyone else? God bless you, young man. Anyone else? Any, any adult here say, I need to make peace with God. Father, I pray right now for the people that just raised their hand. And I'm going to pray a prayer and I'm going to ask our church to say that same prayer with those that are here. Say, Father in heaven, forgive me and I ask you to cleanse me and I accept you as my personal savior and I confess with my mouth and I believe with my heart that you raised Jesus from the dead, God. And I accept you, Father. Because I prayed this prayer, I know now that all can be well with me and Jesus. And those of you that just watch, you can say that same prayer. Amen. You can make that same prayer. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's stand together. Amen. Can we go out with a song? Even when I don't see that you're working, let's, let's kind of do that. I want to thank you for watching us this morning. And I pray that you will join us this coming Wednesday night at 7 p.m. right here at First Assembly. And then Tuesday morning, our prayer meeting from 1030 to 1130. And don't forget, if you're here this morning uh, live, make sure you go back there and sign up for that banquet. Bring friends. We, we, uh, we have uh, made reservations for at least 75 meals. So make sure you come. You don't have to bring nothing but yourself and an appetite on Valentine's Day, the 14th of February, Wednesday, right here in this building. It'll all be set up. There'll be music, good music. It'll be, it'll be Valentine's music, love music. And uh, I understand someone told me that th they thought a, a Bobby Vinton was going to be here and maybe Elvis was going to be resurrected to come. And there'll be some music. It'll, it'll be good. Amen. So even when I don't see that you're working, let's sing it together. Come on.